it's time to kick off the Event Hub Season 5 tier list discussion as four of us here on the site have ordered personal tier lists for the entire Street Fighter V roster. We then average those four together and we'll be discussing characters 40 through 21 on this week's episode of the Event Hub's podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. And with me is Stephen Dream King Chavez. Hey, how's it going, y'all? Dude, we were, we're chaining so that you would introduce the next oh, person. Oh, my bad. And with me is uh, Nick Majintention Han uh, Taylor. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Uh, with me is no one. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Good job, Nick. Just four of us, so there we go. We no, we have our buddies the uh, the internet who have never ever flamed us or done anything wrong. They are also joining us, and um, yes. So, um, all right. So we're gonna get right into it. We we are doing our annual tier list here. We did one for season four. We are now coming back here for season five, and man, are these tiers compressed and hard to have clear lines of which characters are better or not. Uh, I mean, we did it, but it's like, it's not definitive in a lot of cases. Making a top 10 for myself was really rough. I wanted to include about 15 characters in there. Uh, yeah. Um, so there are a few hardcore distinctions for me, specifically at the very top and very bottom of the list. I'm going to try to point those out uh, and draw some overall lines when, you know, characters are clearly like more powerful or they clearly lack that. Um, but one of the main things that I always look at, people want to know our criteria. So we'll go around the horn here. Uh, but for me, it ranks really high when top end players are using a character or they may have dropped them for someone they view as more powerful. Uh, if the pros don't feel a character can work, I'm very likely not going to look favorably upon them. Uh, there are exceptions to this but it's a general rule i like to follow uh but i also base a lot on tournament results who's placing and where and of course this is colored by my own experiences as a grandmaster player so mm -hmm. yeah i've been feeling like i've been pulled in every different direction while making this tier list and i went through and revised it lightly once and then heavily a second time and i still feel that there are plenty of characters where if you guys disagree with me or if you have even just the smallest little hoof of an argument i will be swayed because i don't have that much authority behind uh, my understanding of them yet a couple of the uh, criteria that i found myself using was of course my own experiences but then also uh, sort of sort of tournament placements even in the online realm it's with a grain of salt but it's not something you can throw out entirely um, and then we've had plenty of other tier lists go up on the website from pretty notable members of the community across the globe and those have been fairly varied in terms of where people think certain characters are there's some consistency but there's a lot of all over the place um, uh, factors and and that's been very interesting too and I think that a lot of us don't know exactly what we think or what the community generally thinks of the tier list right now again because we are missing a fairly big part of the, the puzzle so uh, but I, I, I found myself being pulled in multiple directions again with my own experiences with what people like like Tokido produced a tier list yesterday which like totally threw me for a loop in some ways um, and then, of course, our discussions here, both on the podcast and behind the scenes that happen so very often, I, I would be lying if I didn't say that some of that rubbed off and that I was using some of that information to, uh, to factor in my votes here as well. But I can say that while I have no idea how this is going to go, I do think it's going to be fun. <laughs> 
Yeah, I used a very similar criteria to the Johns, uh, but I also added in uh, just a closer analysis of the tool set that these characters have right now. Uh, as Event Hub's uh, you know, resident lab rat, I wanted to look more at their tools and kind of what they're equipped with, where they might be lacking, what's really good, that kind of stuff. So I factored that in as well and, and also looked at the, uh, the latest uh, patch notes that were from back in March, I believe. Uh, and just to see if they got anything good. Um, a lot of characters got the, uh, what was it, the hitbox extended inward change and, and pretty much nothing else. So some of that stuff kind of stayed the same. But uh, that was mainly where I looked at th at things. And uh, that's kind of where I, you know, I went with it. So, um, Yeah, for me, normally when I try to like gauge tiers, a big part of it is tournament performance. But we haven't really had many tournaments. And the ones we have had have been online, which is a little bit of a different metagame. Um, so it's been a bit difficult to like look at this because I haven't been playing Street Fighter V that much. But in general, I've been thinking about, okay, I know where they were at before. I know what the changes have been. And I do watch streams. I have been following the events that have been going. So I feel like I have a good handle on which characters have risen a lot and have, which characters have fallen a lot. And then I kind of, like, merge together a tier list out of that. One thing I'll ask, go around the horn here, is how often do you feel like the tiers get shooken up between seasons where you see a character that was really dominant just drop into the low tiers, especially this late in a game's lifespan? It doesn't feel like it's that often, uh, and especially with this last patch. Uh, just looking over things, it felt like more of the changes were towards the top of end of the tier list where like everything in the middle was kind of like i kept finding myself come across characters where i was like yeah not much has changed with this character right because again they didn't really get too much in terms of changes and balance changes and then it was just like there really hasn't much changed with them and so I, I felt like for this last patch like that didn't really happen too much but um it was more just again changes kind of towards the top and, and some towards the bottom but uh it didn't feel too drastic this time around you know, that's that's interesting because at first I have a, a kind of an inclination to agree, but then I think, well, this also brought in new V skills for everybody. And some of those are, are just completely negligible, but some of them are significant. And I think of characters like Honda um, and, and, like, uh, and not only new V skills, a lot of times there's tweaking to maybe V triggers that weren't being used very often, things along those lines. So not quite a whole new mechanic, but certainly something significant for a lot of characters, and that could cause a little bit of movement. Um, another part of this, though, might be that people don't focus on the middle of the tier list quite as often as they like to talk about the bottom and then even more so the top. That's just kind of a natural propensity that we tend to have. Um, so... Uh, yeah, but maybe not in a handful of interesting cases. Uh, and, and then one other thing I did want to mention is that there were certain, as far as criteria goes, there were certain characters where I'm like, you know what, on paper, this character should be uh, in a certain place. But as far as uh, all of the other information that's out there, including like what other what, what pros are saying and and how they're performing in tournament, the evidence isn't there. And, and oftentimes that would be a deciding factor on whether one character made it up above another or not or, or into a tier or, you know, one below it, things like that. So that was another big significant part of my um, my uh, my process that I thought I should include. All right, so we're going to get right into it here at number 40. We've got Nick and this, uh, covering Alex, I should say. Uh, I, Nick and Alex are <laughs> interchangeable, right? <laughs> um, we actually all voted the same worst character in the game, unanimous 
Nick, what do you think about Alex? I think Alex got pretty good changes. I was pretty happy when the patch notes came out because they addressed some of his issues. Um, they uh, improved his cr- uh, crouching medium punch, crouching medium kick. Uh, the crouching medium kick got better hard uh, box and the crouching medium punch became faster. And his mid-range game was... It was a bit awkward because his buttons were kind of slow and kind of janky and like got beaten a bit. So I think that those were really good changes. And then they buffed his uh, V-Skills so that he retains the hard hit property um, even after taking damage. What's The reason I'm voting Alex as the worst is that everyone else also got good changes. So Alex getting yeah. some good quality of life improvements doesn't actually matter if he's the worst in the game and every character above him kind of also got that yeah one of the big things i've seen about alex uh mains is they're dropping him it's like i i think he was better before collectively in our tier list um he wasn't the overall worst in the game he might have been close but now it's like i'm seeing alex mains go oh yeah i'm gonna start playing honda now instead or i'm gonna play someone else like they have finally gotten people to drop alex after like what four or five years of this like he's finally being dropped i can't believe it i i think there's really good reason how can we have him at the very very bottom i mean when i play street fighter 5 uh i don't pick alex anymore so yeah yeah that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, uh, here's a question uh, I, for Nick. Mm-hmm. Well, for everybody, but I, I would ask Nick because I hear you talking about these kinds of uh, characters quite often. Why is Alex or any worse than Nash? Because Alex's game plan revolves around... Like, like what Alex does, and what, what a lot of low-tier characters kind of do, is that they don't have very strong Oki, so they revert back to neutral. That's not that bad for Nash, because his neutral is actually okay. Alex's neutral isn't really that good. So going back to neutral for Alex often puts him at a disadvantage. So the situation where you were attacking the opponent, and you should now be in an advantageous position, Alex, in many matchups, ends up at a disadvantage anyway. So he doesn't really have a proper win condition outside of just doing crazy stuff that's unsafe. And yeah, that's going to work in a first to two. It's not going to work in a first to ten. And that's kind of where characters start to falter. Because I think in most fighting games, even like something super lopsided like Third Strike, if someone's really good with 12, they might be able to win a first to two. Even more than a first to one. But if you're playing long sets, they're never going to be able to like match against similarly skilled players with way better characters. And I think that's the thing with Alex. Mm-hmm. It, it, the lack of Alex knowledge is really prominent. And again, it, it's this very day uh, I'll be watching a tournament with Nick and stuff and we'll kind of ping each other and kind of laugh at people who haven't labbed the matchup that well, including some of the very notable pros in our community uh, who have gotten blown <laughs> up by the character. And like, he is very explosive. Like he does have some strengths going for him. He's not impossible to win with. I wouldn't put him as like a Sean level, like in Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, but he's really bad in the collective, you know, Street Fighter 5 meta uh, compared to most other characters. And yeah, I, I really have this guy kind of in a tier all of his own in terms of how bad he is. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like basic matchup knowledge of that character goes so far, right? Because it's like you're getting caught by these these things that you don't really expect, you know, the random elbow or the random head stomp and stuff like that, right? But it's like if you lab that match a little bit and you understand kind of how to play against him, a lot of that stuff 
pretty much goes out the window. Not entirely, but it's it's a lot harder for him to get stuff off if, if you you know understand how to play the matchup yeah. at all. You know, basically. the last time we did this, we put both Falk and Ed below Alex. And uh, I know that you guys have seen the Twisted Rivera clip that recently came out with against the Ed player, where uh, it's close to the end of the round, right? And he's playing Alex, of course, against the Ed. And uh, they're just kind of like, they, he has the Ed player cornered and almost dead to rights. And he goes for an EX stomp. Uh, and it's then actually it a regular freezes. stomp. Oh, it was regular. Yeah. My bad. I'm sorry. So he goes for a stomp, and then the screen freezes, and an, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Questions <laughs> pop up with the sound. It's great. It's very well edited. And it's like, what do you think is going to happen? There are four choices. D ends up that stomp's going to get beaten entirely and lead to death. And sure enough, it doesn't whiff. It doesn't trade. It doesn't win. It gets crush countered by uh, the Ed's random heavy punch that he happened to do at that point. Combos into ultra. He's dead. It's hilarious. You should go watch it. It's on the front yeah. page. It's on Twisted Rivera's uh, Twitter. Twisted Rivera puts out amazing content i definitely recommend checking especially if you're an alex player i recommend following him on twitter and checking his stuff because it's hilarious yeah, shout outs to our editors here who put low-key jokes in uh, headlines or uh, urls of our stories and the uh, clip on that one said should have phoned a friend so <laughs> i'm like that was good should have 50 50 all right so moving on next here we have a tie at 37 so we have, we have falk nick what do you think of this character I played her quite a bit when she was at her worst, which was season three. She's an interesting character, but she has a game plan that doesn't really fit Street Fighter V that well. Since then, they've given her changes. Uh, they've made her a lot better. She's gotten really good changes, several patches in a row. And even now, like they still gave her tons of quality of life changes. But like, I, I didn't actually have her at second to worst. I had her a little bit higher than you guys did, but not high. I mean, she was right outside of bottom five for me. I feel like the the thing with her is that her game plan is still not a very viable alternative in Street Fighter V because her type of zoning just isn't scary. Zoning has become kind of a thing in Street Fighter V. It really wasn't much of one right at the beginning. But when you like try to compare like how scary a Falk is when she like pops V-Trigger and she has the uh, like multi-hit projectiles... Compare that with like a Nash, uh, sorry, not Nash, uh, with uh, Guile. <laughs> yeah. Guile pops his V-Trigger 1, and he has the booms, and he has the V-Skill, and all that stuff. And Guile is a beast up close as well. So it's like, okay, well, what exactly does Falk do that's scary? And I think, like, what made me bump her up a bit now was her new V-Skill, because that gives her some interesting setups, where she has, mm -hmm. uh, she has like, a bomb-ish thing uh which she puts out and she can detonate and i think that's interesting and i think that does give her more of an identity but i still feel like if you're looking at zoners everyone else who's a zoning who's like active with zoning in this game has better options that are less of a risk than she does yeah she's uh, i mean i play monat who is actually a good zoner in this game and i've messed around with falk a lot uh, a good bit i i like the character I, I think she's got a cool design and other stuff but she just feels underwhelming when i when you play monat it's like this is like a night and day difference in terms of, of quality uh and it's why i had her second to last um it's just I, I don't think she's that great in this game, and it's unfortunate um, because this game really does need more powerful zoners, and I think they've tried some stuff with her, and I think it's just generally fallen flat, and it's she, she's got interesting stuff, but it just doesn't come together with being something that is uh, greater than the sum of its parts. 
You know, it's and that is a really important equation here in Street Fighter Five that your character like their pieces work together pretty well. Um, are they 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 work together to a point of they make you very powerful at one thing. You know, and it's with Falk, it's like everything she has is maybe solid to decent, but that doesn't make her like strong enough to to really get by in this game. Yeah, she really feels like a, a low tier hero character, right? Where it's like these these players that play her are really, really into playing her and they really study how to play her and stuff. And then you, you couple that with, you know, unfamiliarity from people who fight that character. It's like a lot of times you're losing to stuff. You're just like, I don't I've never seen this character. I don't know what that is or I didn't lab that. Right. Because why are you labbing for Falk if you're not making a sweep and lagging or, you know, labbing for everybody? Right. It's like you're focusing on other characters, you know, the higher tiers and stuff like that. So I feel like this character is more like like John was saying, like she has tools that are solid to decent, but just overall, it's like I you're not going to find too much success with her unless you're a real diehard player that's really trying to understand how to play her and stuff. And then it's kind of like that's not everybody, right? Like that that's a very small percentage of players. Yeah, that sounds similar to the cases of characters like Fong and like Cody, I would argue. Uh, Cody mm-hmm. a little bit different with a little more success, but a similar boat. And with with Falk, and, and I would say Fong, Nash, um, I would originally say even Alex, but I'm fairly convinced. Or I'll, I'm, I'm, there's no part of me that has any qualm with putting him dead last. It, it feels just fine. But these characters, mm-hmm. uh, as far as I'm concerned, are fairly interchangeable down here in the bottom five-ish sort of uh, murky mucky muck. And, uh, which is interesting because these actually, <laughs> above Alex, the, the next three characters are all tied. Uh, as yeah. far as our votes go, they all average the same, which is which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and because well, it reflects how I basically feel about them. Uh, so yeah, and Falk, I've seen some potential in her. She's got some good situations, of course. I mean, and that's that's the case for anybody. But that might not be against the majority of characters. That might not be um, uh, in in enough situations where you look at the characters that thrive in this game. She just doesn't look like that very often. So. Uh, maybe she's a little better than we perceive. She's also not explored like you were kind of getting at, Steven, so maybe we don't see her full potential. But that's at some point part of the analysis process is the character has to be attractive enough that the community really fleshes them out and figures them out. And if they don't, well, they might as well be the worst character in the game or whatever because that's the, the same. we're getting the same result. And so Falk, uh, maybe mm-hmm. some potential. She's got some good zoning stuff, but there are others that certainly do it better than she does. And uh, here she is. So at number 37, I've got Fong. Um, I should say we have Fong, but I'm going to be covering him. This is a character who seems better than he is because most of the people who play him are very strong at Street Fighter V. He also gets by with a good amount of lack of a matchup knowledge due to how incredibly rare he is to place in tournament. But it's not just tournament. He's typically either the, the least popular or one of them online. Like finding a Fong player to regularly play against is almost impossible. Um, there are a few out there, but man, is he just rare as can be. Um, so he's a character who's fairly technical to play and he isn't very strong. So you pretty much have to love his design or some elements to stick with them. It's why he's so rare. Um, so yes, you will randomly see Fong players who show up in tournament and they wreck some people you wouldn't expect them to. Like you're like, you're, you're, I, I, it's hard not to root for Fong when you see him out there. If he somehow miraculously gets top eight, you're like, yes, go like Cause it's just, hmm. it's so uncommon, but this, this heavily feels to me like people who are damn good at this game are, are, are getting Fong up to that level. And then of course, exploiting lack of matchup knowledge because there are only a handful of people who play him at an elite level and, and going to tournaments. So who are you going to practice against to get him there? 
So, it, and, and by again, this is the the players, not the characters that are doing damage when you see Fong place. What are you supposed to do when he starts hitting all the multi-hitting uh, normals up close, the fast ones, right? And he puts you in that pressure, that endless pressure of just two hit normals, right, up close. Like, I still have no idea what to do against that. <laughs> I've, yeah, right. I have no idea, man. It's I, he, how he beats scary me every is Fong? Time. Every exactly. time Fong comes up, it's terrifying. Rain. Yeah, every time I just let out a oh damn it. Every time, dude, immediately. One I'm of like, the three Fongs showed up, and now this. I'm gonna lose points. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I wanted to ask you guys, and and if anyone here, I suspect it would be John that wouldn't feel this way because he plays a fairly polarizing character that's gonna have some really good matchups. But as I think about what it was like to play in Street Fighter 4 uh, and versus what it's like to play in Street Fighter 5, I don't think there are any characters that pop up when I'm when I'm playing online that I go, oh, this is gonna be a this is gonna be easy, or it's a relief that oh, it's this character. Everyone I could everyone could snap my win streak. Everyone could take points from me, uh, seemingly at any level of of you know player rank. I don't feel comfortable against anyone, save for and this is very strange because I had a huge problem with him before. I think the character I'm most comfortable against is Birdie. Which, which is odd for me, and you guys know that probably better than anybody. But uh, and, and again, that's not a free win or anything like that. But do you guys feel like there are any characters when they pop up, you're like, oh, sweet, you know, the relief, as opposed to I'm going to lose points, maybe? Only one character. And it's not a relief because it's easy. It's a relief because even if I lose, I'm not going to feel cheated. And that's Minot. Mm. Oh, interesting. The only character in the game where I don't... Yeah get mad just from seeing them pop up on the screen oh man yeah my my choice is actually monot as well because i know how to fight monot in my sleep and i i think my win rate against monot's online has to be like 98 percent or something 99 percent maybe like i fight against monot so much that any other monot player like i've lost to like maybe one other monot player online and that's it. I usually destroy them because I'm like, they don't know what they're doing. And I know exactly how to stop everything they're doing. And I just, I start laughing when I see Monod. I'm like, yep, free points. And it's usually yeah, the For case me, spot. there's a handful of characters that I see pop up that I feel pretty confident in. And I think that Monod really does win those matchups. And that's like Sagat, Ryu, uh, and Zangief. Um, again, those players can beat me, but I, I see them pop up and I'm like, yeah, I know I have a clear advantage here. If I play sharp and this player is not clearly better than I am, I've got a good chance of winning. So, right so yeah, uh, next up here, also tied for 37th here, we've got Nash. Nick, what do you think of this character? He's in a similar spot to Alex in that he actually did get some fairly decent changes. They made his EX uh, Scythe way better. It was very lackluster as an anti-air before, but now it has proper like air invincibility. So he can actually anti-air with it properly now. Um before, he, it would cost a bar and he would trade or lose, like, half the time. It was insane. Um, and uh, they gave him some things here and there, like, they gave him some small buffs and stuff. Um, but he's suffering from the same thing that Alex is, in that everyone else got changes as well that kind of helped them, and he didn't get anything major. His V-Skill 2 isn't a game-changer. What it does is it gives him a V-Skill to use in matchups where the opponent doesn't have projectiles, because... His first V-Skill was useless against them before. Or, or it is, still is, but now he can use V-Skill 2 for those matchups. And uh, he has like some new stuff, some interesting things he can do, but overall, he's still Nash. Um, very weak against pressure, very bad movement speed. He has good dashes, but, you know, still a dash is still a 
pretty big commitment. Like, it's hard for him to move around the screen unless you're really a Nash expert. And he has a lot of matchups where his game plan, which is kind... I, I feel like the Nash game plan is kind of a mixture of keep away and doing the kind of Ed thing, you know, in and out fighting, where you kind of, like, get some small hits, backdash, then maybe you do some zoning and then you'd, like, jump back in. Um... That game plan doesn't give him as much mileage as a lot of other game plans do in Street Fighter V. So I think he's kind of a victim of that. And even matchups, because he has, like, he's supposed, at least the impression I have of the character is that he's supposed to be this kind of anti-zoner, he's supposed to beat zoners, but I don't even feel like he does that. Like, no, not that I... much, at least. I, I think that Nash's V skill two and V trigger two are mostly what I see um, today from from top end Nash players. You know, um, it's it's almost all of them have gravitated to that, except for a few matchups, and he can keep you out. So for little parts of the match and then he has to kind of go in and it's just man he, he just kind of falls apart like at like a little bit of like wind pushing into him it seems like it's like oh uh, i had one thing go slightly wrong i'm dead you know and it's just and it, man it, it just really kind of feels unfortunate with the character because i think he's interesting i think his tools are are dynamic enough for street fighter 5 to work but he just kind of has these giant flaws that he can't really ever seem to overcome and, and i don't know it, it's I like the character. It's just I don't think he's that great in the context of this game. And there it is. I, I have a fix for Nash. I haven't thought about this thoroughly. But what if his EX um, wake up could be an invincible reversal? Would that be too much, or would that be exactly what he needs? Because he doesn't have a, a three frame. His his escape is okay with the V reversal, but it can be countered, and that's that's costly if they beat that. You know, so it feels like his his defense is really poor. Yeah, I think that would be fine to make as a change, and that's often what you will see Nash players say that they want that to be an invincible reversal. I don't think that's a big problem when you look at uh, like Guile has one right, and Guile is better than Nash is at, at a lot of things. Everything. Yeah. And then you have like someone like Fox, yeah. she's also a stoner, she has a DP. Uh, it's slower, but it's a button DP, so yeah. I don't think it would be well, a big Nash thing. Nash players have started using it like that. Like they'll just use it to try to interrupt yeah. you know, your strings or, or hope you hope you were too late or you missed time stuff, and they'll use that move as though it were a reversal. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a good change for him. I don't know if that would like send him flying up the tiers, but it would definitely make him much more... You'd have to second-guess yourself on his defense. And since his defense is so weak and he's the type of character that like crumbles under pressure, that would be a good thing for him to have. Yeah, I feel like he's a, a character that, you know, he he wants to play fundamentally solid like that's how he's designed but i feel like ultimately he has to kind of be played gimmicky where it's a lot of you know like nick was saying like in and out you know kind of play and you know relying on dashes and and kind of surprising you and stuff and it's it, that's a weird a weird contrast right because you know if you have a tool set where you're supposed to be this anti-zoner this like someone that's shutting stuff down and kind of being a wall and then you have to focus on you know trying to throw out all these gimmicky you know scythe kicks and stuff after sonic boom or like dash ups and, and grabs and command throws and stuff it's like it feels it feels like it just doesn't work and, and i think that's kind of being reflected yeah. in this tier placement um I, I think that one of the things we know from capcom is like they said with guile if he had a three frame normal he would be broken um and i think that 
they're afraid to give certain characters certain movesets because I think at some point in development, they were extremely good. And to go back to Fong real quick, we knew that he was regarded as untouchable at one point in development because of how good he was. And I think that with the community seeing what Nash was in season one, and I I, I think Capcom is just really terrified of him, maybe for good reason, uh, that if they give him just like the wrong tool, he becomes incredibly good. And, you know, we have years of evidence now saying that's not the case, right? Like he's gotten a bunch of buffs and he's not gotten a lot better. Um, but that does make me wonder because we do know instances of development uh, for Street Fighter V where Capcom has been terrified to alter a character in a certain way. And, uh, and yeah. All right. So next up uh, at number 36, we have Jury. But for me, I, I did want to designate this because I mentioned it earlier that there's a kind of a break in the tiers where I think Jury is a cut above these other characters we've been talking about. Um, but John, you're you're mainly in charge of Jury here. Like, what do you think? Do you think she's in a, the same kind of bottom five or do you think like there's kind of a, a tier mark where Jury kind of jumps ahead at? No, I, I've i always thought Jury is a little better than it seems the average, uh, you know, community idea uh, of jury is and and let me look at the uh the results here really quick uh yeah i, I ranked her higher just barely just slightly i have her at 35 you guys have her at 36 or 37 and uh, i've always thought jury was okay um so yeah she's certainly out of the mucky muck and as far as as i feel and i think that a big part of why jury is perceived as bad and and i won't say that she isn't bad but that there was a lot of momentum and people really like this character and really wanted her to be good her attitude is is kind of like that that sassy but very able character so there's this expectation for her to be a, a little better than the bottom and she's she's never quite hit there and i think that that's hurt her in the eyes of the community on tier list people are ready to put her lower because they felt i don't want to say maybe betrayed but something like that with with how she actually came out and what the expectations were but as far as her actual performance and her ability in game it feels as though she has the right kind of tools like she can play footsies she has a decent walk speed she's got decent pokes that she can do some decent conversions from so you keep hearing that you know decent 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 at the end of the day though what 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 is required of her and to to execute across the board and what she actually gains as a reward from doing that just doesn't seem to stack up with characters that play similarly to her and with characters that can do other stuff more easily and get bigger rewards and the result of that whole equation is juries in often the bottom 10 sort of area even though she has something as strong as a decent footsie game, which to me that kind of sucks. And then you get into the uh, V trigger and V skill realm, which is you just can't divorce character ability in this game um, from that. Like it's, just, it's so much, it's so such a factor in how good characters are. And I think that she suffers in that arena significantly as well. Her V trigger one isn't the worst in the game. Her V trigger two, as Nick and I were talking about the other day, is just like negligible. It's like it's not even a thing for most jury players. They don't they don't even entertain it. And uh, and so yeah, that's why I feel like she kind of ends up where she is. If she were if she got more out of it, I think she'd start to look a little bit like like Karen or like Chun Li. But because her reward um, and and how much she has to do to get that reward just doesn't seem to be worth it. She's stuck fairly low to the bottom. Yeah, um, I think she has the Alex disease where she falls apart the more you lab her. Uh, she has a lot of moves where she ends up like, you know, negative two and she kind of beats you like with her overhead flip kick and whatnot and beats you to stick out a button and then she can EXDP you or do a few other things in her 
it's sometimes hard to know exactly when you can take your turn against a jury. And I think that's why her reputation maybe is a little more inflated than she actually is. Because, again, once you lab her, I think she really drops off quite a bit. Um, but again, with this character spot here, I do think she's viable enough to get some results in tournament. She's very low here. I mean, 36 out of 40 is not good. But I, I do think with the, the compressed tiers that we have in Street Fighter V, I think she's good enough to get some placements in tournament and actually do some damage. Again, I run across some very high-level jury players, and it's like, man, wow, this character is like, she's just missing, it seems like, a, a few flavors from being good. Like, to be a pretty darn good character. Um, but it, it's, I, I, yeah, it's, I, that's kind of where she ends up for me. All right, so the jury haters are definitely going to hit us up online again. Every time we talk about this character, they're like, I hate when you talk about jury. It's like, it's like we have to discuss her. It just it cracks me up. But, uh, but yeah, so we'll go ahead and move on there so our inboxes don't get flooded too hard. Um, but anyway, at number 35, we've got Ryu. Um, I really, really wanted to put Ryu higher up on my list. But for me, I kept running into the problem of saying, okay, is he better than X character? And yes. in many cases, he simply wasn't. In a vacuum, I don't think Ryu is terrible at all. But in the context of other characters, he's just not that good. So I, I would what would really give Ryu an edge, in my opinion, is buffing his V-Triggers. I do think that his V-Trigger 1 is still somewhat scary right now. It's just not scary enough, given what other characters have. I think his V-Skills are also lacking, too. I don't get why Capcom is so dead set on giving Ryu a parry when he is a fireball master. He is like the... the I know, like, guy on Sonic Booms, but, like, Ryu is known for chucking fireballs. Why don't you give him a buff to that? Like, it's, But they're, like, just dead set on giving him a parry. I don't... Anyway. But uh, I, I don't think completely altering his moves is going to happen at this point, but the difference between what makes Gil and Cody's parry scary and what makes Ryu's bleh is that both of those former characters have two frame parries and reuse is three those that um those characters parries also match their move set quite a bit better than reuse does um again my complaint there um and i think that's a big reason why ryu keeps being what he is which is pretty low on the tier list um he's not that bad you can win with this character but he feels less than the sum of his parts because the things he's traditionally uh, is strong at they're just not that great in street fighter 5 and, and that's where you know it's just like yeah well i mean he's got this he's got it's like yeah but that's not that great but um so capcom buffed his v trigger one it was a good change it just unfortunately was not enough we know the beast that this guy can be because of what he was in season one so they're rightfully afraid of him yet again uh so ryu kind of ends up in this no man's land where you you don't want to be in this game having people who are clearly superior at the same game plans as you and then having a history of being too strong those are just like the the death wish and it's like okay guess what ryu is probably never going to be good in this game because capcom just doesn't know what to do with them it's just it's such a bad spot but i will throw out a few recommendations here uh if i was going to change them i'd buff his v trigger one even further increasing the damage on his fireballs by another 10 in that mode and the same thing with the shurikens and then actually make the timer last longer uh, i get it, it's a two-bar v trigger i get it, it's actually pretty solid as it is right now but if you want ryu to be good i think you have to address um, the weakest part of him and that is, is his V-Trigger system. Yeah, you know, the weird thing about this character is that um, we're saying that, you know, if, if Capcom wants him to be good, right? But, like, I don't know if there's really that much incentive to make him good. I mean, he's consistently in the top three most used characters in, online, right? Like, every month he's in the top three, if not number one. 
And it's like, yeah, in tournament, he's not showing up that much, but people love him online. And I run across him all the time, too. I mean, he's, again, among the most used characters. So looking at that, does Capcom go, well, we don't really have to do much with this character because he's being used a lot still. And it, it, people have not been dissuaded, right? In tournament, sure, but the masses are like, hey, I'll play Ryu. I don't care. And maybe that's where he needs to be. And I, I'm, you know, Ryu players are going to hate me for that. I'm, I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying maybe. That I don't is. disagree. Yeah, I do think Capcom focus very heavily on online statistics when they do their balancing, and there's nothing wrong with that either because they're trying to make the game as pleasing as possible to most of the people who are playing it. And yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, you know, that doesn't mean buffing a character that may be weak if everyone's still playing them and having fun with them, you know? I don't know. This You could, you could discuss this on end, but I, I see their approach, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong. As for you as a character, I do think he's underrated, but it's just like, it's hard to, just like John said, it's hard to, like, put him above a lot of characters, but I definitely think he's a character that can fight, and his biggest enemy, as far as tournament representation goes, is that Akuma just basically does everything he does better. If V-Triggers weren't a thing, would Ryu be much better? Yes. Um, and, and the reasons why is that V-Triggers really kill fireball users. Uh, even as Monat, I have to be extremely careful when I throw fireballs. And most of Ryu's game plan, even in V-Trigger, is based around fireballs. And the risk-reward shifts so heavily when you have to toss out fireballs on this game to win. And if your opponent has a V-Trigger and you throw one bad fireball and you lose... 50% of your health, and then you're faced with an Oki situation, or if you're playing as G, you lose 80% of your uh, your health and you're dead, because it doesn't matter because you're in the corner, you're going to lose another 20% anyway. Um, it's it's not a good meta for Ryu. Yeah, that seems to be a recurring theme, and I, I, I want to do a little more research before I come flat out and say that in the next game, one of the objectives should be, or in fighting games in general, one of the objectives should be that the comeback mechanic doesn't have a, you know, more than a certain amount of influence on the game because otherwise it becomes two different games. The game before the comeback mechanic becomes uh, part of it and then the game afterwards. And as we've talked about, especially because of the way things were back in Season 2, it felt a lot of times like the round started when V-Trigger started. And now when I look at Ryu right now, He's he's got a lot of good stuff going for him. When I'm fighting him in neutral, and this is as a you know Nikali, so I, I might have a little harder time than someone like Monat or something like that because I'm hand to hand. But I'm afraid of that solar plexus coming out, you know, at random times. I'm afraid of just his his base, or I respect his basic zoning uppercut game that he can play. And hey, those those V trigger fireballs do become a little bit scary, but they certainly aren't. Again, it comes back to well, they're not as good as the V triggers, especially of a lot of other characters and that feels to me like a shame that Ryu has so much going for him and and he is what he is as far as being the poster boy character for the series and yet he still finds himself so far low on the tier list and it doesn't seem like it's of any fault to his ability as much as it is just like you were saying John I kept having to put other characters above him simply because they were better and it's usually because of something like a v-trigger ability so at number 34, we've got Ed. Ed got so many buffs, and from talking from a few high-level players of his, I think it's very clear he got better. Uh, we even saw some people like Infiltration using him early on and thought that the pros might, might migrate over to him, 
But from what we saw, all the pros who picked him up have seemed to drop him now. So maybe someone will bust out a sneaky Ed in tournament, but so far things have looked very bleak for him after a lot of optimism of where he would end up at. I think it's very clear the character is better, though. Uh, we consistently had this guy either dead last or second to last. And uh, the fact that he got up here many more spots is impressive. I think that is really indicative of like, hey, they did a good job of, of enhancing him. But we've said before many times the tiers are very compact. So going up the four or five spots, especially when you are rock bottom tier, is you know it's great. So I don't think it's up for debate at all that Ed got better. He is clearly that way. But there's also the matter of how much better everyone else is in the context of how bad he was before. Like that's another big thing is like, man, Ed just sucked, like really sucked. So this is a character I really wanted to put higher, but just based on his balance changes alone, like those were phenomenal. Like you go through it, it's like, man, ooh, he, he got so much stuff. But just because he got those improvements doesn't mean they translated to the tiers. And that was a big thing here, looking through the balance changes for season five. It's like, oh, wow, look at what everything they've got, like in a vacuum that it just jumps out at you. And you think that character is going to be great. And our community got caught up in that hype a lot, too. A bunch of people tried them and then they're like, ooh, yeah. So especially this late in the game's lifespan, it's rare for a character to, to dramatically change trajectories to go from like bottom tier to like really strong it happens it's just so damn rare so yeah ed is better but this is kind of where he fell at right i definitely agree and i think the reason we had this like seemingly false narrative around the character is very much that people underestimate how bad bottom tiers are so they saw these changes and they were like wow this character is going to be so good but they didn't know like how I'm not gonna say it changed a little. I agree, he's way better, but way better from where he was. They were probably assuming he was already somewhere around, right outside of bottom five, you know. And then like way better from there could mean like top fifteen, maybe even top ten. Mm -hmm. But his starting point was a lot lower than most people realized. So his way better didn't go that high. And I mean, yeah, the reason I pushed him down quite a bit i think i had him oh yeah raptor and i had him the lowest like we both ranked him at 36th uh i it was because people picked him up and then they stopped playing him i'm not really seeing anyone yeah. playing so a lot of players like oh ed's hype i'm gonna play ed he's so good and uh i think it was uh, red bull kumite where we saw infiltration play ed I think someone else had picked up ed there as well i believe trashbox used ed as his secondary even before this and now I'm just not seeing anyone play him at all. Yeah, the, just the evidence isn't there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if, with when tournaments start back up, yeah. if Ed is one of those characters that, say, Infiltration or whomever grabs and and does really well with, I would be. Oh, well, then there's there's a change to this character's story, and I'd be happy to to concede that. But right now we don't have that. We don't have. I am not seeing a lot of them online. I know that Trashbox has been using Ed as his secondary, but that certainly isn't enough to to um, cause any kind of major shift here for me. So what it really comes down to is, yeah, maybe he did get better, uh, and but I haven't seen the evidence of that yet. So it could change, but as far as I know right now, this is where he's at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do wonder if this is even like a, a best case scenario for Ed. I mean, considering he was a character that you know we largely considered bottom of the barrel and he was able to move up a significant amount of spots um 
when you look at something like the way that he was designed, right? He's like a simple inputs character, right? Where you can get, you know, DPs with two button presses and stuff. It's like, maybe that's as good as it gets for him. Where it's like, by design, you don't want a character to be that crazy good, right? Because he's meant to be more entry level. Even though, you know, when you get into the higher level, he has some more intricate stuff. But um, just by performing his, you know, his moves, it's, it's way more entry level, right? And maybe, again, that's kind of just where he's... Maybe that's the best case scenario for him. He was able to climb up, and now this is where he's at, and... Maybe it doesn't get that much better. So at number 33, we had Vega. And he is someone we've traditionally had very low in our tiers after season one, and rightfully so. Uh, he's deserved every kind of low ranking uh, out there. Uh, boy, there's a great story. Um, I, I think I can tell this one and be okay. But I think it was season two or season three, uh, probably season three. I, I'm ping Nick and I'm like, Hey dude, like I think Vega's a lot better. And, and he's like, dude, you need to talk to Raketsu and, and say that to him because he's like, he's known for keeping his composure and not blowing up at people, but this might make him lose his mind, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like, maybe I need to check my opinion there. Um, Nick, is that about accurate? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I haven't spoken to Raketsu about specifically Vega for a while. So I don't know how he feels about him now and i actually don't know how much he's playing street fighter 5 still but at the time season two season three he was very down on vega and with good reason yes and so that's his history so he was actually 32nd for us out of 35 characters when we did this in season four but for me he got some quality of life buffs that helped put him up here now like an improved v trigger one and more health and stun uh, so Vega's tournament results are shockingly good in Season 5, to the point where you could argue he deserves a higher placing than what we have him here. But, much like Fong, I don't think this has as much to do with how good Vega is, but the players who use him. He has among the worst anti-airs in all of Street Fighter V, and his defense is extremely poor. Uh, he's also one of the more technical characters in the game, and your reward for learning him is you at best have a mediocre character to go with that. That's not a lot of promising stuff to work off of there. <laughs> it's like, oh, great, I climbed the mountain, and I'm like somehow mid-tier, maybe, uh, yeah. Um, so despite that, Vega ends up being one of our more popular characters in the entire franchise and actually doesn't have a bad amount of approach using them. He, he is shockingly popular uh, among like top end players despite his tier rankings so this guy can land a surprising amount of damage now from his v trigger one uh, and he has juggles for days also in tournament despite maining this guy for season one and watching a lot of footage i am now seeing setups i have never seen before and not just because metro m is like legging everyone to death or anything like that it's like legitimate <laughs> viable <laughs> setups like it's not just that so in terms of tournament performance you could say vega is roughly the start of where we begin to actually see characters placed in tournament a few characters above him don't even have as good a results as vega does though uh, that's how shockingly good his results are so I think it's possible we're underrating this guy just a bit here, but not much. He was very low tier previously for very good reasons. and But I think with this quality of life improvement, you're seeing the, the, the players who are so skilled be able to shine with the character now. Sure. Um, but I will also say, like, on Vegas' behalf, even at his worst times, we still had people placing with him. Like, he wasn't super common, but we haven't had any season where Vega was, like, out of the picture. He's always been there. We've had players in every region that are Vega specialists and they do well with him. Yeah, they're not going to win, but they can still make it far and they can do good stuff with him. And I think that's a testament to, like, for me at least, I've always had this general perception of Vega that if you were to just remove the V system from the game, let's say we wake up tomorrow and V reversal, V skill, V trigger, it's all gone. 
Vega would fly up the tiers. He wouldn't be the best in the game or anything, but he would easily be top 10 in that scenario, in my opinion. Because I think Vega is a very good character when he gets to play the neutral game, he gets to focus on footsies, he can do some shenanigans here and there. The problem is that his V-system across the board is pretty bad. Like, even his V-trigger 1, which has gotten buffed many a time now, is still underwhelming when you compare it to, like, the really good V-triggers. It's just not useless now. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think that's a big thing with Vega is uh, he gets kind of hamstrung because of not the meta, as we've been saying with other lower-end characters. He gets hamstrung by Street Fighter V system mechanics themselves. So at number 30, we've got a tie here uh, with three characters. And at the top of the tie here is E-Honda. John, what do you think of this character? This has been an interesting character to me. Uh, we expected him to be fairly low tier when he first came out, and he was a little better than than we thought he was going to be. At least it, that, that's how he came out to me. He was a little more complicated, a little more technical, had more to him than just in Street Fighter Four. You're like, when can I land jab into hands? And then there's some routine, you know, footsies and, and things. But like he had a couple of different things he did, and that's all that it was. It's a little more intricate here. Although he has emerged as a character, or maybe as the character that is one of the most brain dead in the game. People do not really like fighting Honda. What he's kind of evolved into is the character that puts you in a in a weird state as far as frame data goes and then is either not as negative as you think he is or, or, or has these weird interactions where he is negative but because of distancing or the way a move moves uh, he can still get you with these traps and it's led to a lot of people being very frustrated it feels like honda does a lot of just do it with his ex butt slam and headbutts because he does because that's what benefits the character i'm not going as far as to saying that that's poor design i'm not I haven't felt that way yet, and he certainly isn't amazingly good. But he's the kind of character that you would think is, is you know, it usually doesn't climb the tier lists unless he's really high up there. Um, and and he's kind of fallen in the middle somewhere, which is, I think, very interesting. So I, I kind of tip my hat, I think, to the developers for making this character different and intriguing. Um, and, you know, actually, I think it was yesterday, Ultra David said on Twitter that Honda is only worse than Bison because Bison has a three-frame move. It's like the only reason, which I'm not so sure I agree with, but the, his, his, his arguments are that, like, his frame data is so good in so many situations and that he can freely use a lot of his moves. And while I don't think it's that bad, I think that there is something behind that statement and it's worth exploring. So he's been a lot deeper of a character than, I, than most people would have thought he would be. And he is frustrating people. And he is getting people to play him because it's fun to frustrate people. And so, yeah, that, that kind of seems to be where Honda's at right now. So, so we still have him fairly low here. Um, I guess I, I ranked him higher. Oh, no, no. Nick ranked him higher than everybody else. Yep, I did. Um, but, yeah, so I would, I would be intrigued, intrigued as to what you have to say about Honda, Nick. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> I, I don't agree with Ultra David's tweet at all, but that's because I think Bison is way better than he apparently does. Um, but I do think Honda is a character that's very slept on. And we've seen this in Honda as a character in basically every Street Fighter game, that even if he ends up good, which he has 
from time to time. People don't really want to play him because he's kind of boring to play. Uh, mm -hmm. I would say he's more interesting in Street Fighter V than he has been previously, but he's still Honda. Like, I'm not hating on him or, by any means, but he has this perception around him that's not entirely unearned either that makes people hate playing against him and hate playing as him. But I think he has amazing buttons. I still think his standing heavy punch is the Swiss Army Knife. It covers everything. It's an amazing tool. And I think his V-Skill 2 actually helps him quite a lot. Because you're talking about a character that can, like, under the right circumstances, he can make, without cancelling to V-Trigger, he can make his sweep plus on block. Because he can just cancel it to hands. That's a very strong tool. And yeah. his hands pressure is very good overall. He has the... He doesn't have like an invincible reversal, but he still has the armor on the uh, EX headbutt. I think he's good at a lot of ranges. I think he gets to take control of the game because that's how Honda always plays. And I think that's more important in Street Fighter V than ever before in Street Fighter. So with that in mind, when you see a character that can kind of force you to play into his hands, it's hard for me to see them being too bad, you know? Yeah, and his, and his V-Triggers are, they're not the best, but they're usable. Yeah. Right? Well, V-Trigger 1. V-Trigger 2 is really good paired with hands because, uh, because of the whole it beats V-reversals on reaction yeah. sort of a thing. So that's, a, that's definitely a way you can play Honda if you choose. But V-Trigger 1 with his armor, you can definitely gimmick with it. You can definitely combo with it, and it can lead into super. It's, it's, it's not the best, but it's above average, I'd Yeah, say. I mean, if you're looking at Honda overall, he's a character with command grab. He's a character with a relatively fast-moving... Uh, Forward, forward momentum move. Uh, you can't really punish his uh, light headbutt. Not even Sakura can. And she can punish basically everything that's punishable. Uh, he has good V-triggers, like you said. He's got decent jump-ins. He's got good anti-air. I'm just struggling. Like, he's not bad at anything. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of just insane, too. Yeah. yeah. And l like, uh, yeah. I, like I Raptor said, that... he can get you to the corner from mid-screen in any situation if... Mm -hmm. Like, even on block, if you decide to be reversal, he just shuts down options in a different way. So, yeah, I, I think he's strong. All right, guys that voted him lower, then. Why Why is he so low? Because so far, it feels like we messed up. He needed to be <laughs> on the tier list. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, he's... I think Honda, the best way I can describe him is he's solid. I think he's a solid character. Um, he's got some great tools. But I also think that he is susceptible to losing to both zoning and rushdown where you can kind of interchange that and, and beat him. Um, some matchups you want to, or some characters you want to just rush him down straight up. Others can zone him, obviously, and you could switch that up. But I think that he, with all the tools that he has, he can still struggle to both of those styles, where it's kind of like, that's where I feel like his weakness is. Uh, and he does have enough, like, powerful tools that, you know, he can throw as gimmicks or shenanigans and stuff and get you, like, you know, EX butt sl uh, slam, as you were saying, Raptor. Uh, he can kind of get you on your toes with some of that random stuff, but... I think if you play fundamentally solid, you can shut him down with a lot of stuff. And I think that's where he starts struggling. Once he gets going, though, it's really hard to stop him, um, especially with hands pressure and all the corner control stuff that he has and standing heavy punch. Like once he gets moving, uh, it's it's hard to put a, you know, put a stop to it, especially, you know, with forward dash and stuff as well. It's just really fast and he has command throw. He can start, you know, once he gets the, moment, the momentum, it's it's rough, but I think he can get shut down by solid fundamental play, and I think that's where it, he kind of struggles because it's like 
he can be sitting at the other end of the screen for a good while before he can even get anything going. And then it's like, if he does, okay, he's got a chance. If not, he's going to get kind of destroyed. Also, the results for him have been terrible. That might be changing in the future. I am seeing a lot more Honda usage than I thought I would. But so far, he's been very underwhelming in terms of people using him and placing in tournament. I mean, it's it's pretty bad for Honda right now. So I, I do hope that changes because I really do like Honda and I do like what he adds to Street Fighter Five. <laughs> But it's hard to argue with the results right now. Absolutely. That's the only thing keeping him from the upper half for me is that people aren't playing him. They aren't placing with him. I personally think that's more to do with the character's general perception and how people feel about him. But what the hell do I know? <laughs> yeah, if, if he jumped a few more spots up, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'm totally open to it, honestly. Sounds like a good online character, and with the CPT online coming up, maybe I should <laughs> refine my Honda. Yeah, uh, get on that. <laughs> yeah, I just want to remind everyone that, that John said uh, eHonda players are brain dead, and as such, John's contact form is widely available on the Event Hub's website, and that's John Guerrero, not Gray. Not Gray, get him, not me, please. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that that uh, John gets on me about playing technical characters, and he's like, man, that, Honda's brain dead. Maybe I should play him more. So. I like that, John, that we're on a recorded <laughs> podcast where we can easily go back to like five minutes and check, and John's accusing me of saying things that I didn't even say. <laughs> I mean... He has emerged as a character, or maybe as the character, that is one of the most brain dead in the game. Brain, brain, brain dead. I think we all heard it. <laughs> <laughs> At least I don't think I said it. I think I said people people are saying Honda is one of the most brain dead characters. Yeah, I think I if, if you look on Twitter, Honda's gonna be the character people keep bringing up as the brain dead character. I'm not endorsing this statement. I want to make that clear. John will uh, send the mob your way if you do. <laughs> I'm just saying, I understand what Raptor was getting at because that is the general narrative around the character. I think he's for scholars. But everyone that plays Honda is also very, very stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of characters that don't evoke any emotion or like hate and anger online, at 30 we have Blanca. And one of the things that Blanca has going for him is a lot of random placements in the latter parts of tournaments. And I think this speaks to him having a bit more juice than we like to give him credit for. Nick infamously told me that, yeah, but you almost always see a number of random uh, Blanca players pop up in the top uh, 64 of results uh, of events. And looking over season five results, I was like, wow. Uh, that's still happening. Like, that's not just past tournaments. That's like, we've only had four CPT events, and I'm seeing Bronco, Blanca, like, randomly, like, sprinkled in there. So I really want to... Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I, I really want to knock Blanca down here a bit. Like, I, I almost feel like 30 is too high for him. But as I say, you can't argue with results. The placement tied for 30th really feels dead on for the guy after I did my homework. And this is another indicator of how tight the listings are. I've said that so many times, so I'm going to skip over that. But um, the fact that with the 30th best character in Street Fighter V are thereabouts, you're still able to place in tournament at high levels. That's what we're seeing from this game. It's pretty crazy. So 
Blogged is a character who I really think falls apart, though, once you've labbed him a lot. His shenanigans really get him by initially and work quite well until someone has spent a long time, and I mean a long time, working on counters to his stuff. And I think this speaks heavily to why he's so much more common in the top 64 range, but then you get into top 16 and you're like, ooh, I'm not seeing very many Blanca players pretty much ever. So that's it's, it's people who have really labbed the matchup and put in the time, in my opinion. So... For what Blanca's design is and how he plays, honestly, I think having him as a tournament viable character, but not too large of a pain in the butt, that feels right to me. I kind of want to crap on Blanca just because of how hated he is. And just it seems like this character is like very frustrating for a lot of people. But I also think Capcom nailed what Blanca should be and probably how strong he should be. Like, I think if he's any, any worse than this, it's like, why have him in the game? And if he's any better than this, I think people are going to be tearing their hair out over just having to deal with him all the time. Hmm. So his tier placement seems right where you'd want him to be. His power levels there and, and just right in that viable range of a character. And, and there it is. Um, I agree and disagree because I agree about him being a character that starts to fall apart once you lab him, but not to the same degree you seem to think because this is a character that has, no joke, one of the best V-Triggers in the game. Yeah. His V-Trigger 2, I believe it is. It's V-Trigger 2, right? Yeah. <clears throat> His V-Trigger 2 is amazing. And that is something that can carry him at higher levels. And you can't lab that away. It's too good for that. It legit puts you... Lab some coin flip. Yeah, exactly. It legit put, puts you in a 50-50, and you have to hold that. And it does it several times. But having a V-trigger basically be your only like good point, or one of your few good points, once people have labbed you, yeah, that would put you around 30 range, I would say. So I don't at all disagree with his placing here. I'm just saying he has some juice. Yeah, in the um, in the latest patch, his changes were literally all extended the hitbox inward. Like, that's all it was. It was like five of those. And it's like, that's not really doing too much in terms of balance, right? It's just kind of a correction. Um, but, like, I think what it boils down to with Blanca is that he still relies on gimmicky, uh, gimmicky play to get by. And that's not super viable in a game where commitment is key, right? And and, and you do see some success with it because Street Fighter V is, is volatile as all hell, right? So you're going to get by with that stuff, which is why I think we're seeing him, you know, sprinkled into tournament results and stuff. But as a long-term, consistent, you know, game plan, gimmicky play is really not going to get you there. Again, once you start labbing that stuff, it's like... If you focus on Blanca's V-Trigger 2 and how to counter it, which that's all you're going to focus on, right? Because it's Blanca. Where does he go from there? And I think that's that's kind of what we're seeing with this character. To me, I don't have a lot to add. I think you guys have covered most of it. To me, and this is this is admittedly a little bit oversimplified, but he's a big fat V-Trigger 2. And the V-Trigger is very strong, <laughs> but he gets as high as his V-Trigger takes him, and that's about it. Now, I play a character that can punish his Blanca balls, his regular ones, so I know that that's, an already, that's already a very good advantage, but that's the v-trigger is significant but it's to me the only real scary thing about the character and it is scary in a frustrating 50 50 kind of way uh not to say that that's wrong because like you were getting at john that's what this character has kind of evolved to be and that's the expectation for it so that fine but he really is just a v-trigger to me and um and there he is so uh, lower lower tier um it's good it's 50 50 ish it'll get wins sometimes it's not a free win but uh he's still one of the weaker characters in my opinion 
So you can send your hate mail to John uh, at Guerrero on the website for saying that Block is <laughs> only a V-Trigger character. I'm not misquoting him this time, but uh, at number 30, uh, we've got Cody. And this guy has been on my underrated list for a while now. And, but even with a handful of pros giving him a try in past seasons, he's never really managed to make an impact until now. And the big game changer for Cody is his V-Skill 2. That's his Crime Sway. That's official name there. I looked it up. Uh, it's essentially a two-frame counter, parry, whatever you want to call it. And it allows Cody to do some very nasty things in neutral, like counter fireballs are specific moves on reaction. This is not a, oh, I made a read. This is like, oh, I see you're going for this. I'm going to blow it up now. The key here, again, is this being a two-frame counter because a single frame in neutral with a move like this is a very big deal. And based on his prior performance and what we're seeing from him now, I think that 30th overall tied here is a really good spot for Cody. Uh, I, I seem to want to die on Cody is underrated island. Like, I'm, I'm freaking living there with a few other characters and whatnot uh, um, because I see, like, how much potential he has to go up, like, several spots more from here uh, and, and be something of a regular tournament presence. But from what we've seen right now, I think this is a really fair placement for him. I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself like I have before in the past with this character. Uh, and then, of course, a reminder, his V-Trigger 2 is often slept on. I don't know why, uh, because it's incredibly good. Um, but I think maybe a big reason is how rare Cody is to see at high levels of play. But he can deal a lot massive damage with his V-Trigger 2 uh, command throw and rock setups. And it's a two-bar V-Trigger. And now he's getting to it even faster because of his great V-Skill 2. So I don't want to hype up Cody too much because I've done so, so much in the past, but I'll say again, I can see him going up a handful more spots over time as people get a good a grasp on how good he is right now in Street Fighter V. Yeah, I think he's extremely solid. I see him as something of a tank, uh, and not that he can take a, a special amount of damage, just that I'm afraid of him. I'm afraid of getting hit by him. I'm afraid of his footsies. I'm afraid of his potential, especially in V-Trigger. And that's not to say that he's amazing, um, but I, I, I think the reason why we see Cody's story playing out the way it's playing out in terms of how many people are using him and how high he's, he's you know, how high of a level of a success that he's achieving is because... To make his stuff work, you've got to be very intricate, and I think it takes a special kind of player to make things click with Cody. You can't just sit down and take all of his pieces and have them work together. You've got to be examining the game on a fairly intricate level, and you look at someone like Hoji, who has been uh, performing pretty well in these online tournaments as of late and is posting up uh, YouTube content, has been for a while. He and um, Shazzy are the two big standouts for me. I've played, I don't know that I've played Hoji, I've certainly played Shazzy many times online. And these these players have to read the opponents that they're that they're playing against. And it's like, well, duh, that's everyone has to do that. But they do this on such a level. If you watch Hoji's analysis videos, he's talking about things like cutting movement. Like if you move this far forward and stop and crouch, or if you move this far forward and then move backwards, and manipulating on a very, very detailed level, and then using Cody's tools in that environment and at that level of analysis, he can go pretty damn far and he can be pretty damn scary it's just that not many players are going to do that and uh, and i wish momochi would because you know he's like the pro that did really well with cody back in street fighter 4 um and, and i know Completely he's given a different cody character time of day, but he's, he is a different character I, I well my point is though that a lot of these pros i think if they were to 
take the time and pick this character apart. And I'm not saying they should because there are other characters that could do a lot more than Cody can. If you give him this amount of time, it's going to be ridiculous. Um, so you have to want to play the character even though he's not regarded as amazing. And then you have to really be down to put in a lot of research and time. Uh, and then you're going to see him do pretty well. And that's just not a formula for popularity. So pretty damn good, but unfortunately not set up for success in a couple of other ways. Yeah, um, out of the four of us, I have coded the lowest. That's not necessarily because I think he's locked in to be that bad. It's more that I just haven't seen anything indicating that he's more than just a V-Trigger. Because his V-Trigger 2 has been good since he came out. I think it's gotten even better. But yeah, it's a very good thing. But I just don't see other things being scary with him. Even like his V-Skill 2... I've seen people use it. I haven't seen like much from it yet, but I'm open for Cody moving up once I start to see people delivering on the hype of the character. You know what I mean? Yeah, and just to, to color this in a little bit for people who don't know, Nick was extremely upset about the character's transition from Street Fighter 4 and previous Street Fighter games to this one because he's a very different character. He He's oh, yeah. just, I mean, I, I don't know who the most changed characters are in Street Fighter 5 off the top of my head, but I know Cody. he's one of them. Yeah, so, <laughs> well, you know, Poison and a few others, right? But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, so. Poison retains more than Cody does. Yeah, there you go. Sadly enough. <clears throat> so at number 29, we have Sagat. And he is Mr. Underrated himself uh, because we all had him, I think, on our underrated list or close to it. Um, and, but he's at 29th because of just how tight our tiers are. Uh, the King is seeing more usage in tournament, though. Uh, Zaffarino finished 13 with him at the CPT Northeast tournament. Uh, Brandon got ninth with him at the Southeast Asia tournament. And you're also seeing him sprinkled throughout top 32s and 64 on the CPT from other players. He has a real legitimate but small presence in tournament. And and this is about where we said he would be before, I think. Like we just said he was underrated because people were putting him like, you know, near the bottom of the tier list. But he's kind of like, okay, he's he's good enough. And I think this placement is pretty well justified for him. He's just not a dominant character in Street Fighter V. Um, uh, but yeah. Yeah, he's he's a really honest character, I feel like, where he really relies on a lot of specific, you know, setups and, and ranges and things and, and obviously, you know, fireball traps and stuff. And obviously with what fireballs are in this game, uh, like we were talking about earlier, when V-Triggers come into play, you know, you, you sh they kill fireballs a lot of times. It's like he has to rely on these normals and things to kind of keep people out and he can't really throw as many fireballs and stuff. And then his normals are a bit slower and, and harder to kind of use. So it's... He can struggle there, but I think that he does have the ability to make things work. It's just you have to put in a lot of time and a lot of research with this character, and it's he's threading the needle all the time kind of thing. And it's, you know, again, that's something that people aren't really big a big fan of in this game, right? Where it's like putting in this work and, and really trying to play super honest. Like, you want the cheap stuff, you want the dirty stuff, right? But this character is just, he's really honest, and it, it's hard to, to make him work, but you can if you put in the work. It's just, it's a rough go. I will say regarding Sagat or regarding like our tier list in general, I can't speak for you guys, but at least for me, like the 15 to 30 range is a gigantic blob where everyone's not entirely interchangeable, but they're very close. And I do still feel like Sagat is an underrated character, even though I placed him at 30, because I think in general, the mid tier is very 
close to each other in this game. Yeah, I, I agree yeah, very I, firmly on that. It's it super compression. John, you were going to say. Same. When when uh, John started talking about Sagat, this, that, I was feeling the exact same thing. That This is sort of, what you say, it was like a blob. Yeah. Like, and he's a character that I think I had initially higher up. And then because I, I felt more strongly about a handful of other characters around him, he was one of those characters that I could just ah, bump him down a little bit or I'll bump him up a little bit. And it, I don't really mind because I don't have a ton of authority behind why I'm putting him where I'm putting him. It's just generally here. And that's the case for a lot of these characters in this area. So, yeah. And then also, um, as far as the specifics of Sagat, I, I like a lot of what Steven said, that he's he's honest, he's got his, his general game plan, and that's good, and it's a, it's a decent one, but Street Fighter V happens to Sagat a lot, and that does him no favors, so that's going to stifle him a little bit. He's another one, just like many others, that he could emerge, like once we get through this and have regular tournaments and such again, emerge as doing better than he did in seasons previous, but I'd have to see that first before I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm on board. I played a handful of Sagat, he's fun, he's got his game plan, it's just not a game plan that's going to thrive as much as other characters, so... There you go. Yeah. Plus, he's only got one eye, so it's already a disadvantage. <laughs> and a quick recap. Uh, in Season 5, he did get more health and stun, along with a number of other characters, but he also got improved normals and a better V-Trigger 1. So I'm actually starting to see uh, high-level Sagat players use his V-Trigger 1, which is his fireball V-Trigger, uh, and, and make it you know relevant. So it's he's interesting. I, I, I don't know if there's a ton of juice left in him you know, to, to you know evolve and really explore but i do think there's still something more left to the character especially with with street fighter 4 or street fighter 5 gravitating more towards neutral and and more of that kind of play than we've seen in the past i think there's some opportunities for him to grow a little further but but there it is yeah sagat cody a handful of others you're going to play those characters because you just enjoy playing the character you're not playing because you're trying to well win evo as your main priority Mm -hmm. something like that so at number 28, we've got Ken. Ken is a character who started off as a candidate for one of the best characters in Street Fighter V in season five or season one, I should say, and has pretty much like steadily fallen off ever since. We had someone at Capcom who we trust say that he felt he was the best character in the game back in season one. And he was often put in the top end of the tiers actually back then by the community as well. He was a very good character, uh, but time has not been kind to him. I think the balance changes and the meta really caught up with Ken. Dealing with like the dash jump mix-ups that were so prevalent in season one have, have become much less of a thing over time. And then this guy got nailed to the wall in season two with heavy nerfs to his hurricane kick, his shuriken, and a number of his normals. It wasn't like, oh, you know, Ken got some nerfs. It's like, no, he got hit hard. Uh, so... This is a character that Capcom has rightfully feared uh, because he was very strong previously and Capcom has tried to find ways to keep him relevant in latter seasons, but I think the results of that have been mostly mixed. Sometimes this character is a presence and sometimes he's not. Uh, And there were freaking five of them at the most recent uh, CPT South America tournament. But in other CPT events, he has failed to have a single person use him in our results. And it's like, oh, okay, like there's five and then there's none. How? Yeah. So anyway, I think this speaks very heavily to the hit or miss nature of the character. Ken is known as a hothead who goes crazy. And we've seen a number of Ken players light people up over the years and do some crazy stuff. Then we also see them get pieced out with a wild flaming dragon punch. And it's like, oh, yeah, that didn't work out so well for you. So 
He's massively popular, and on that virtue alone, you probably want him slightly better than where we have him here on the tier list if you're Capcom, but you also don't want him much better because of the flood of kin players who will flock to this guy if he's strong. Anyone who played Street Fighter 4 online knows how ridiculously common kin was in the early days of the game, and if you had a bad connection, your cursor would automatically select this guy in Street Fighter 4. You literally didn't have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so 28th it, it feels about right for me he's not terrible nor is he great i think he falls really well with this uh, listing and you were saying he was better early on another big part of that was that there was more input lag and variant uh, the input lag would vary and a lot of ken players would rely on gimmicky things where they would do forward advances with his run and and with certain little 50 50 50 mix-ups that weren't really earned but because reaction was considerably harder at that point, they got away with it a lot more often. So I think that was also contributing to his uh, decline. You also can't forget that DPs, non-EX DPs were invulnerable back in Season 1. Mm-hmm. And the start of Season 2. And uh, even now, I feel like Ken's light DP is kind of hard to punish like for a lot of characters. Because it is pretty fast in recovery for being a DP. So imagine that with the added input lag and it being invulnerable. It was a really good tool. But yeah, I think he's still a good character. Um, he's not lighting up the charts, nor do we really expect him to. Um, but we see Ken players, nobody's really dropping him. P- people who play Ken tend to stick to Ken. And at least like this far into the game, people aren't like trying to avoid the character or anything. They're sticking with him. They're putting up results. They're getting like good, um, good matches with him. But yeah, he's definitely not as common as he was in four. So at number twenty-seven, we have Lucia, and the biggest thing Lucia has going against her, in my opinion, is that she came storming out of the gate in terms of how strong people thought she was. A number of top-end talented players. It's not just random people on the FGC, but like pro players uh, picked her up. And we're assuming that she was going to be the next kind of greatest thing. And I think a good amount of time was spent learning her. And damn, did a lot of people drop her like crazy in the months that followed her release. It was initially thought that it was a no-brainer that she'd be top tier. I mean, it's just, I wow. But um, she had, uh, um, let me see. Sorry about that. I'm going to back up on that. I seem to have the same point on here twice. Um, anyway considering how many people were playing her and the fact that so many went on to drop her i think the case for her being underexplored is not strong i think she got really explored and and that's how come i i just can't really see putting her super high up on our list uh lucia only had a presence in one of the four cpt tournaments we've had so far here in season five and i i think we have her a bit overrated at this position and i know that might be shocking to a lot of people especially just with how hyped she was um but i think that's really what she's kind of come down to is hype that that people thought she was the best of the three evo characters that we got with poison and honda and i now personally think she's actually the worst of them and considering how tight our tier listings have been to this point uh if you give me many reasons to place her lower i'm gonna take them uh and i yeah so that's that's kind of where i think about her yeah, I would say I haven't like done the research entirely, but looking at our rankings, Lucia is the most polarizing character between our votes on the list, I'm pretty sure. Because I have her a good 10 spots higher than what we have her at. Um, I agree with the point that a lot of people dropped her, and I think that's really the only thing going against her. 
But I think that's more the case of people being like, oh, look, here's something new after nine months. I think that's what really set the fire in people playing her. I don't think people were necessarily looking to switch mains to her. And then that caused a big drop off. And then you have, um, sorry. And then you have the character herself being explored more and more and more. And people starting to realize there's a lot that goes into playing this character because she has a lot of stuff that you need to pay attention to. She has a lot of stuff that you kind of need to work your way around. And I think the narrative among people who played her was, is it even worth the effort? That doesn't necessarily mean she's bad, but if I'm going to put all this effort into a character, why don't I just put that effort into someone like Ibuki? Someone like, someone like Poison, maybe, because Poison was someone people were underrating in the beginning, myself as well, and then we kind of started realizing she's actually pretty damn good. And you have these more technical and good characters that don't make Lucia bad. They just are more worth the effort, most likely, or that's the perception. Yeah, um, Nick, you mentioned that you think the um, the community was basically saying that she was top tier because they were excited to, to play something new, right, after the nine-month drought and stuff, and I think that there is some truth to that, but I also think that she just didn't live up to the expectation because people were saying she, you know, she's top tier guaranteed. She's going to be really, really good. And then, you know, they started playing her and it started kind of, you know, it started, it started dipping and dropping off. Right. And you look at something now, like um, the case for Seth, right. Which Seth is a character that early on people are like, man, this character is S tier and really good. And, you know, we're a couple months out, a few months out, and this character is actually held up pretty well and is actually looking to be pretty darn strong. And you can kind of see the difference there of like with Lucia, it was, you know, people were saying similar things and it's like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe not. But with Seth, it's like, okay, maybe so kind of thing. And I think that's a little bit of the difference there. But um, I do agree. I think that Lucia just has a lot of stuff going for her or a lot of things going on and, and not a lot of people want to deal with that. Um and that seems to be a common trend in in the terms of, you know, uh, playing characters in this game, right? Again, you go to, you think about, you know, the tournament setting and stuff. You don't want to have to put all kinds of work into a character uh, and, you know, lose your tournament life after losing two games or whatever, right? Because you can play a stronger character and get further kind of thing, um, which is unfortunate, but it's a whole other discussion. Um, but I do think that Lucia is a character that looks really good on paper. And again, she has a ton of options. I just think that they're kind of, they kind of fall flat in the end. Yeah, I don't really have too much to add. I think it hits the nail on the head to say that uh, with how much she has to do, it, it for obviously is intriguing, but I guess it, it turns out that it's not worth it as evidenced by people's actions. Um, the only other thing I'll add is that I think it's kind of interesting that she ended up right next to Ken on our tier list. Yeah. <laughs> so at number 26, we have Kage. John, what do you think of him? Interesting, man, because I, I've i been playing Kage more than anybody else in uh, Season 5 thus far. We've seen plenty of exploration for this character, especially through Daigo, but a handful of other top players have at least given Kage the time of day and explored him to an extent. He's certainly better. He's one of those characters that we really had our eye on, especially after the patch notes first dropped, as um, getting better and maybe getting what he needed to to be good. But here we are, still on the bottom half of the tier list, and we're talking about him. I'm not married to where I put him. I think I put him at 21, and that was the highest out of everybody. So, interesting there. Um, I feel like he has plenty of good tools, plenty of interesting and satisfying to use tools. 
but maybe it's that he's still, especially for having low health, if you're going to play this game, you really just want to play Akuma. Something like that might still be haunting him. <laughs> it's funny, he's in the shadow of Akuma. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Yeah, that might be it. He he is intriguing. He is interesting. He's got some good stuff, but maybe he's just, again, an Echo, and you can use Akuma and do everything that he does and more and win more often. So I suppose that's why we have him as low as we have him. Uh, the reason we have him as low as we have him is because I put him very low. <laughs> um, <laughs> when it, my thing about Evil Ryu, which is what I'm going to call him, I always do, is that he got good changes which is ominous to say, because that's what I said about Alex and Falk. Um, He got good changes, but looking at his changes and looking at where the character ended up, I'm like, okay, so these are good changes, but everyone else kind of already has this stuff, so he just became okay instead of bad. That's, That's like how I felt about him. And, I mean, that could be a complete misread, I don't know, but I just haven't seen anything particularly impressive from the character outside of, like, demon stuff, but you need a full bar and you need to have V-Trigger activated. I mean, that's just... Yeah, okay, you can do that once a match or something, maybe. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I just... I don't see that much in the character that would elevate him to, like, the upper three thirds of the cast let alone the upper half i think he's a solid character um and i think that he's a good secondary to have in your pocket for certain matchup and stuff but in terms of like a main and trying to play you know have a consistent you know career with this character as you know solo it, it always comes down to me it's like play akuma you know why why are you going to bother with kage when, when akuma's sitting right there and he has ex air fireball which is the stupidest <laughs> thing ever and we'll get into that next week so tune in next week but oh apparently akuma um, made it to the top half of our list thanks for spoiling <laughs> me. i know right <laughs> but yeah i think that's kind of what where he's at right now um he, he's got some tools he's got some stuff to work with for sure but it's just like you know in the shadow of Akuma, which should be like a, a song tile or something. During the Blink All-Star Challenge West Coast, Snake Eyes main, main Kagi the entire tournament. And it's not lost on me that he got third and the person who got second was uh, Samurai with Akuma. Like that's, uh, that's very indicative of that. But he also put up a really good fight with this character. And there were moments in time where this character did not look like he's entirely in Akuma's shadow anymore. It's, uh, he beat 801 Strider. He got, um, in the winner's finals, like he went three, two against punks, Karen, like this was like, dude. And I played snake eyes online quite a bit. And he kills me every time I play him. Like, it's like, ah, dude, like stop murdering me. But anyway, I, I, maybe it's that kind of bias going against it, but I, I, I do see this character as, emerging into more of his own thing especially with some of his mix-ups and other stuff that he can do it's it's akuma ish but it's enough of his own flavors and how he plays footsies and other stuff that i think he i think he's a bit i think his placement here is pretty fair yeah like it's i don't see him as great but i do see him as viable and in the right hands i mean snake eyes is known for playing characters that aren't like super high in tier and making them work really well and since he's kind of like the one example that we have right now uh, i want to be hesitant to like put him up any higher than you know where we have him here at 26 but 
I think there's enough evidence to say that like, man, that placement was really good. And, and Snake Eyes looked really good throughout that entire tournament. And we're seeing a handful of other players play this character and, and do well with them. Even Daigo said like, hey, he's really good. I it just, I have Guile. Why am I not going to play Guile over Kage? It's like, yeah, I mean, I get that. So I, I actually think we did a good job of rating him there. But yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah, he's he is very also stylish he's fun to play he hits hard and it, like i said he it's satisfying to do his combos um save for maybe his tatsu as i know nick wait what do you say it looks like he breaks yeah, his he leg just randomly he breaks his, his leg for no reason and you take damage <laughs> it makes him hit harder yeah. man like when you have a broken leg that's <laughs> right so he he is fun he's stylish he's got his own identity in in that realm but again, uh, maybe not so much when it comes to if you're wanting to win, you should just go with Akuma. So at number 25, we have Birdie. And in some circles, Birdie ends up being a pretty controversial pick here at 25. Steven and I both had him a good bit higher, while John and Nick had him lower than this. Uh, Birdie was six on our list in season four. That is like uh, in the top 10, like, in there and now this guy is like in the lower half of our tier list that is a gigantic drop but i will say some drop here is extremely warranted in my eyes uh it's it's i think it's very clear that he's a good bit worse than he was the bottom line is a few of the people who are maining this guy have went away from him at the pro level. Fudo only used him once in the Topanga Championship. He used Armika mainly. And then Mena RD didn't use him a single time in the Blink All-Star Challenge that he was in. He went with other characters entirely. Uh, we still have seen a few votes of confidence for Birdie, though, as Trashbox and, and Veggie. Um, they have stuck with the character. But his Season 5 patch, no patch notes were rough. Uh, while he got more health... He also got more with punishable on a couple of his normals that he uses a lot in neutral. Uh, he got his stun reduced on five of his moves. That's not a typo. Five. Yeah. Uh, so he had a couple of moves that were also made more negative on block. And so you're looking at this and going, yeah, I get it. Uh, I also think the meta of the game has uh, been catching up with Birdie like this entire time. Yes. And with the game focusing more on whiff punishing and footsies and with those being things that he can often exploit with input delay and such, like with his EX dolphin dive, I think he's ending up quite a bit worse for wear. So I think we have Birdie a bit too low here, as I said, but I think he's clearly dropped out of the top 10 where we had him previously. I I'd probably still put him in the top 20. Uh, I know I would, but but yeah. The character has just felt like for a long time, uh, and is, like I, you've already said it, Johnny, he's been controversial. Uh, well, I guess you said he was controversial because of where we placed him. I felt like he's been controversial because he's been very reliant on gimmicks. Now, that's not to say that they weren't a, a viable way of going about him. Like, I lost to a lot of birdies, especially back in Season 2. He was the biggest point of frustration for me while playing online because of the things birdie could do and because he seemed to be one of... He was designed as one of those trap characters where he was negative and he got everything that you would get from using a move that has, you know, a ton of benefits, but then where he should, you know, be paying for that if it doesn't work, he wasn't actually paying for it. And that was actually setting him up to hurt you as you tried to punish. It was a very frustratingly designed character. We, uh, over these couple of years, those kinds of things not only stick out to people and, and we naturally as the community figure out counters to them or are ready for them, but we've been vocal about it and Capcom has tackled them as well. So what you have is he's, he's gotten a lot of the rug pulled out from under him. Last season, he had a huge buff and a wave uh, 
toward using his V-Trigger 2, and we saw a lot come out of that, but apparently it just wasn't enough, or people were able to lab it and figure it out enough. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm off the top of my head, I don't know what all changes happened to that, if any, but it used to be a big deal for him, and it doesn't feel like it is anymore, or perhaps just other characters have, have surpassed him in that avenue, I don't know. But for most, my, my biggest takeaway with Birdie is that He's just been slowly falling down the mountain as the game has become a little more honest and um, and yeah. Um, yeah. Um, when it comes to birdie, I think you guys are going in a bit too much on the random stuff because yeah, that's a very big part of birdie. But he was also quite proficient in footsies. That's what was so frustrating about him, at least in some matchups, that he could just out footsie you as well. So he was this super frustrating wall of a character, and I think. What's kind of come to haunt him is that they've continuously nerfed that down a bit on him. And now, like you guys were saying, the meta has kind of shifted a little bit. But he hasn't gotten that stuff back to where it was. So he's gotten a little bit worse at it, and a lot of other characters have gotten a bit better at it. And the biggest nerf to him, in my opinion, is his extremely infuriating crouching medium punch can no longer get cross-ups very well. So Birdie does not have a good answer against cross-ups at all anymore. And he's not, like, he's a pretty big character. He's not that fast-moving. He's not that slow, but he's still, you know... He positions himself where he wants to press buttons. And that's what his crouching medium punch was for, because at that range where he uses his buttons is the range you might want to jump, and then he has time to do a crouching medium punch instead. If you're now a character with a good cross-up that leads to good damage he's going to be scared of pushing buttons because he needs to just block that and he, need, he needs to look out. And that kind of just lowers his value. He can't stand there and buffer... Uh, I don't remember which is Bullhorn and Bullhead, but the one that moves forward and not upwards. Uh, he can't just stand and buffer that from standing medium the same way anymore because it's a bit of a risk to even be at that range for him now. Hmm. Yeah, the way his just do it and his his normals used to work together were amazing. And now I can say just from my own, like, like how I feel when I approach birdie is I can react to normals now and I can actually whiff punish. And, and that's a thing. And because that's a thing, I don't have to be as, as afraid. So I can hang out in that range and be ready to play that game at the same time. I'm also ready for his, his just do it. And so they used to work with each other so that they made, they made one another extremely scary. And because that doesn't seem to be happening anymore, he He's uh, falling apart in that avenue, and that was, I think, his strongest place. He also doesn't have great uh, defense, so you just kind of play until you knock him down, then you go in, and it's it's a hard time. It's not a free win. As I said, no characters really are, but he's the character that I feel uh, the most confident against and the, the most comfortable against playing now, which is crazy because of where he was. So number 24, we've got Balrog, and this is a character I think we're underrating a good bit based on his tournament results and the buffs that he got. Balrog's V-Skill 2 is a game changer. He's one of a handful of characters who got significantly better because of their V-Skill 2, in my opinion. And for those who don't know, that's where he shakes back and forth and he powers up his Rush Punch, making it almost EX level. Uh, it's Watching Pierre Balrog and Smug use this, they're often baiting people into approaching Balrog and suckering in, uh, suckering in people who try to punish it because it's deceptively fast. For most people, you actually do not want to 
try to punish this when you see him winding up for his V-Skill 2, unless you're at a specific range or circumstance. Instead, you just want to take your turn and pressure him. That's a big counter, but even when people are doing that, they're still blowing them up. Uh, Balrog essentially gets a free EX move with this power-up, which is ridiculous, especially with the damage and juggles this allows him to do. He can drain a lot of life from a single meter now. It's like... He's taking it's it's ridiculous, yeah. So anyway, what speaks volumes to me though is that in recent tournaments, Pierre Balrog, Smug, and Brian F have mainly stuck to using Balrog now, and there are three players who are heavily known for bouncing around to other characters and not sticking with this guy. So even Nemo, he said he's afraid of Smug because of the buffs that Balrog got in season five. So I definitely think this guy is a top ten character now and going to be a, continue to be a regular presence in tournament, especially with people catching on to how strong he is. Uh, the swapping out of his V-Skill 1, which still has some use, but it often ended up being a shenanigan move in many matches. Uh, it, it was it was just kind of useful, but it's like, okay, am I going to go for overhead or low or whatever? It's just like, it wasn't always a great mix-up for Balrog to have. And now it's swapped out to something that is very solid and very stable for him and can be used to kind of bait people to get to ranges that you don't want Balrog to be at. So, to, to recap here, uh, there were two Balrog players in top eight of the CPT South American tournament. There was one in the CPT uh, Middle Eastern uh, Europe event. Um, and then Pierre Balrog got top eight with him at the Blink All-Star Challenge. Brian F. also got top eight with him in the North American East event. So um, if we go to top 12 at that same event, we would have three Balrog players in there with Smug and Child 233. So I, this guy is going to be a huge presence in season five throughout the where, uh, year if the game stays as it is, in my opinion. Yeah, Balrog is this type of character who fits into the blob I was talking about. You know, he could jump up like 10 spots and I wouldn't be too bothered about his placement because it is a bit of a mid-tier blob, like I was saying. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to die on the hill of saying he's 28th. I might have put him a bit low, I don't know. But as for his tournament results, I feel like Balrog has been consistently placing in tournaments throughout the entirety of Street Fighter V. So I'm not surprised to see him up there. He's a strong character in general. He's definitely not bad. We aren't like in the area of the tier list anymore where characters are bad. At least I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree that we're definitely going to see more of Balrog this year, as usual. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, too, that he seems like a character that has uh, a viable, you know, B-Trigger and V-Skill for both, right? Where it's like any combination of all four of those things, like, it, it works out well. I mean, he does have uses for V-Skill 1 still, uh, especially against ant or against Fireball characters. Um, but I do see uh, Balrog players using V-Trigger 2 as well. Uh, the command throw, right, with, with stun and everything. I see that quite a bit, actually. So he, he does have, like, interchangeable... V skills and V triggers, which is a good thing to have, right? Because when you have a character that's just like, well, they only play V trigger one because V trigger two sucks, right? It's like, that's never a good thing. But with Balrog, he can kind of switch things up as much as he wants to for whatever the circumstance, you know, arises, right? And he can kind of you know, play the matchups that he needs to the way that he needs to. Yeah, um, similar to Nick, he could have some sway here and I wouldn't be too upset. And V skill 2 is certainly a thing. I just haven't seen it put into practice yet enough to see how much it has boosted him up, uh, have have enough evidence there. But yeah, he's he's somewhere around the middle, maybe high mid, maybe a little lower. Uh, I think both Brian F and Tokido put him fairly low. Brian F uses him and I, he put him below the halfway mark. Um, I think I'm just looking at it like a or right around the halfway mark. And Tokido put him at 26th. So, uh, I mean, 
he's for for as good as he looks like on paper i just haven't seen the evidence for it yet i've played a handful in, in um you know in ranked play and whatnot and and they're okay it's always been a rough matchup for me and it doesn't seem like it's too much rougher uh, again on paper that being uh, you know the the uh, the buff and the frame data that comes from using his rush punch v skill and then uh, if he exes it's like oh my gosh ridiculous but it's part of the accepted game i think because he has to get it out there and uh, or he, you know he has to like charge it first and and whatnot so i just haven't seen the evidence i could easily see the scenario where the evidence comes flowing in once tournaments start back up and then i change my opinion but until i see it nah i'm fine with him right here so at number 23, we have Zangief, and this is a character I really struggled with on where to place him. My biggest issue right off is that so very few people have actually stuck with him and actively use him still in tournament. Uh, for season five, tournament results alone, this guy shouldn't be here at 2030 if you ask me, because in the four CPT events that have happened so far, in two of them, there was not a single Zangief player in our results. Uh, and for a character who's this close to our top 20, that seems odd to me. But the thing about that is when you see a Zangief player uh, in a highly skilled player's hands, I should say, the, the thoughts of him not being that great go right out the window. Be, that is how polarizing this guy is. It's total feast or, or famine. Kichipamu justified the odds with this character too many times to fully count him out as a, a strong person, in my opinion. Uh, you also have to uh, remember that a number of other players have given up on the Russian wrestler too and went on to go find another main or just like keep him as an alt or something like that. And it's... Ugh. So if you told me that our listing is dead on here and having Zangief at 23, 23rd, I'd say sure. And if you told me our listing is dead wrong here having him at 23rd, I'd say Sure. That's it's it's just really hard to read this guy. Yeah, he's he really is all or nothing, uh, and it's just man, it's such it's so mentally exhausting to play that character. I don't even play that character, and I can tell like just the amount of patience that you need to play this character. I mean, it's it's brutal, man. It's brutal, and like the the thing is, once he gets in, he can absolutely devastate you, and. I'm terrified of Zangief. I play Gil, and I'm actually a pretty good matchup against against Zangief. But the moment he gets in, I'm like, oh, man, it's all over. It's all over because he just has such good Oki and, and so many good situations there that once he gets that hit, it's, man, I've had so many matchups against Zangief or matches where, you know, I'm controlling the entire round, and then all of a sudden it's over. And I'm like, damn, dude, like, it's wild. And, and I think that's what it is, right? It's like this character is so, as John was saying, he's so polarizing that, you know, he's... He takes so much to play, but then once he gets in, he can be really, really good. But then he also has some of the worst matchups in the game against characters like Monot and Poison, right? And it's like, he's so all over the map, but it's just, at the end of the day, he's Zangief. That's that's what he does, and that's what people who play that character sign up for. And some can do it, some can't, but when they can do it, they do it really well. Yeah, he is a decently rare character because it takes a very specific type of player to play Sangif. That's always been the case, whether he's good or bad. And I don't think his lack of appearances really are indicative of the character's strength or lack thereof. I think what you need to do is what John was saying, look at like the top level Sangifs and look at like, okay, how well are they using this character and what do they think about the character? Because Kichipamu notoriously released the tier list or matchup list for Sangif. It might have been one or two months ago, which was absolutely insane. And he had to actually walk it back 
because it, it was like like based on the matchup list he released, Sangif was undisputably number one mm. because of how crazy the matchup list was. So he had to walk it back and he had to release a revised list, which still painted Sangif in a very, very good light. I wonder if you are Kichipamu, if that's reality. Like, n- no, yeah. it's not reality for anyone else, but for him, it is. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> but yeah, so obviously Kichipamu is like a big reason why I put Sangif as high as I did, because I put him a good bit higher than you guys did. But it's not just him. It's like, you can see Sangif, and he gets to put you in these legitimate 50-50 situations a lot. And yes, he has a polarizing character. He has a lot of matchups that he straight up loses. And you need to work hard on those. You need to be very patient as a Sangif player. But he also has a lot of matchups where he completely wrecks you. I think that kind of evens out. And that's why I put him like just a little bit outside of top 10, personally. Polarizing character is polarizing. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I, it's, it's so hard to get a read on him. And it, it's so, but I, I, I kind of like just seeing the analysis of what everyone has to say about the character because it's, it seems like everyone's got a good voice in the room if you're experienced in this game about him. And it, it's, I'm, I'm always like, yeah, sure. Uh, give me more information because <laughs> it's so hard to, to figure him out. But, uh, but yeah. So at number 21 here, we've got Gil. Uh, he's also tied with another character. But Steven, this is your main. What are you thinking with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just talked about an extremely polarizing character, and then we're moving on to a character that is not that, in my opinion. Um, This character is extremely honest, uh, and it's looking like the more that I play this character, the more I realize, like, what you get out of this character is what you put in. Um, He takes a lot of work to make his tools, you know, effective. Um, but he, the crazy thing is he has great tools for like most situations. He's got, you know, two frame parry. He's got great anti-airs. Some people might disagree with that. I think he has great anti-airs. Um, he's got a great fireball game and it's all about, you know, when you play that character, it's all you out there. It's, it's how you use those tools that really makes you effective. And, um, you know, right now the community is, they've been rating him, you know, uh, lower mid tier to low tier. And it's like, I really do think this character is being slept on, but it's it goes back to this idea of, you know, people don't want the honest stuff. They want the dirty stuff. And with Gil, you're getting all the honest stuff. And, and again, it's you're putting yourself out there. You're you're getting out what you put in. Uh, so many times when I'm playing this character and I lose, I know exactly why I lost. I'm like, I did this wrong here. I didn't do this or I read this wrong and I, and I, I got body for it. Right. And, you know, even with stuff like his V trigger one, it's like setting that up. You know, you can block all day, but it's like there's certain ways to do it where you can make it, you know, really effective, but it's all on you, right? And and I think that's really what's hurting this character right now. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he climbed up further, you know, as people explored him further um, because he's got a lot of great tools. He's really fun to play. He's stylish. He hits hard. Um, but again, it's it's just you get out what you put so in. So, John, I have to ask you, what do you think of Steven's statement about Gil being the most honest character who's ever existed in a fighting game? How, how does that make you feel? <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of dishonesty in this discussion <laughs> right now. Uh, but I, I do echo off of what Steven's saying there. Uh, I don't have a ton of experience. I've played Steven's Gil a handful of times, and then a handful of players like Duncan Diaz that have... Uh, maybe not taken on the character full time, but I've been messing around with him. And 
Yes, he is one that you you're gonna need to do some lab time to make all of his moving parts work in tandem with each other. But once they do, I see a lot of potential. He does a ton of damage. His uh, his special me retribution mechanic leads for some very flashy and long uh, distance combos. Lots of damage, lots of distance, and that's a really good thing. He doesn't. I I I don't want to say that he has preemptive stuff like he's a lot of what he does is is in you know like he earns it he can't just be doing the thing and if it hits great and if it doesn't ah no big deal i mean he does have some fireball setups that that start to get into that realm but i i would argue that like that's that's the line where the characters that can do that sort of a thing like your urians they're going to surpass Gil, but I would say he's right up there at that line of, um, I suppose you could say, more honest characters that have some really good stuff. It's just that they have to work for it. But Gil's honesty, um, when you when you put in the work, it does pay out, and maybe more so than someone like Cody, because we talked about Cody in, in one of those like you really have to figure out how to work together. But once you do, it pays off. I put Gil in a similar boat, but higher up the tier list because it works out even stronger with uh with the the rewards that he gets and he can manipulate you pretty good with uh with his different moving fireballs um and and a handful of other things and his anti-air is the best in the game right steven i mean people say that it's inconsistent and that it's not good i'm sitting there hitting people with a crouching heavy punch all day and i'm like okay keep thinking that because i i love that move i Man, my success Buffett. rate with that move, it, yeah, it must be in 90-something percentile because I hit that move all day, man. It's Again, it's like he has tools for so many situations where, you know, crouching heavy punch doesn't work at certain ranges, but you have other buttons to, to stop that, right? If you're closer in, you can do back heavy kick. Or, you know, if you're further out, you do standing heavy kick. Or you can parry the jump in and then hit Parry's crouching heavy deal. punch. Yeah, like you hit crouching heavy punch on their way down, you get a full juggle anyway. And that's a two-frame parry, right? It's like... And he beat your one as an anti-air. It's a great anti-air. And it's like, there's so many different things you could do there. But I guess that makes his anti-airs bad because you can't use Crouching Heavy Punch everywhere. Uh, shrug? I don't know. Nick, do you have any opinions on Gil at this point? Um, regarding how good or bad he is, not that much. Uh, I'm going to kind of reiterate what I'm pretty sure I said on other podcasts, which is that I think he's the most well-designed character in Street Fighter V. Um, so I think it's a very interesting experiment from Capcom, and I think they succeeded in it. Partly because people have so many discussions about how good or bad he is, nobody really seems to be able to get a hold of like, okay, well, how how good is this character really? And I think uh, we said yesterday, Raptor, when we were talking, uh, you mentioned that you wouldn't be at all surprised once like tournament season properly starts up, we see Nemo just like going in with Gil and destroying everyone for free. Like that's that's legitimately a thing that can definitely happen, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see that either. He's the type of character that takes a long time to find all the intricacies with because he uses this unique system. I I feel I feel comfortable having him where we do, and if I were to like guess if he would go higher or lower from here, I would say higher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that the one thing that could potentially hold him back um, is characters that have strong projectile counters because um, the ranges where Gil likes to throw fireballs, especially in block strings, um, they're not true block strings. And so you have characters like like Balrog. And, you know, John was mentioning earlier, like V-Skill 1 is, is more of a gimmick. And it's like in this matchup, 
that's the killer. Like V Skill One with Balrog, he can just sway around fireball pressure like up close and just shut it down completely. And that's why Nemo was saying he's he's scared of smug in tournament because that matchup actually might be one of the worst in the game. I need to play it more, but you're basically losing your fireball usage up close, which is a cornerstone of, of Gil's pressure, right? Especially in the corner, uh, cornerstone, corner, whatever. Um, but it's like, that's one of the things I think could potentially down the road hold him back. But I also think that Gil players are going to find ways to counter that because he has such great normals that there's likely other ways to continue that pressure without using fireballs as much. Uh, I do know from personal experience that, you know, certain matchups, I have to be very particular with when and where I'm using fireballs. But even then, again, it's like he has so many good tools that, you know, I can I can move and shake with it when I have to. But that would be the only thing I think that might hold him back in the long run. But I also think that he might have ways around it. We just need to find him. Um, one thing I'll throw in there that we mentioned earlier is that, that Gil's anti-airs seem limited um, by other players of what they said, and Steven thinks are really good. Uh, I want to clarify and say that I think his anti-air damage is extremely good, maybe the best in the game, but his range isn't great on his anti-airs unless you know how to use most of his buttons. Uh, that's where he kind of has trouble, and that's why I think people are complaining about his anti-air game. You really do have to lab it a lot. You have to be very good with anti-airs and other stuff, and you can kind of make that up but the reward he gets for landing some anti-airs in some situations i don't know if there's a better character in the entire game that gets more off the anti-airs g included it's gill is really a beast when he anti-airs you in certain spots yep i, I completely agree with that <laughs> so number 21 we have sakura nick what do you think of her she has the magic button man standing light kick she can punish <laughs> stuff that nobody else can like if she can't do it no one can that's that's this character and uh, i mean results wise nobody can complain about her resume for this year because she won evo japan that's a pretty big deal um yeah like i feel a little bit awkward having her in the lower half after that but like we were saying this whole like mid or even mid high kind of blends together quite a bit Mm -hmm. And Sakura does have some clear weaknesses, but they gave her good changes. Like, they've continuously been buffing her V-Trigger 1 and her general fireball usage, which has helped her a lot, because those were pretty lackluster in the beginning. And, I mean, she has good pressure tools. She has a good up-close game. She can shift where she wants to, like, focus her offense. I think there's a lot of good stuff with this character, but, like, the main reason... I put her in the upper half is that standing light gig. It's an amazing button and it leads to Oki for her. Yeah. I think that one of the, the really nice buffs that Sakura got was her V skill too. Uh, it gives her nice space control where she can actually anti-air and do the roll under much like poison can. Um, it's not as good as poisons, but it is good. And it also gives her better combos. So I think that Sakura is probably underrated even before, but I think now that she's like legitimately strong, it almost pains me to have her here at 21st, but it's, it's not a knock on what Sakura is and what she can do. It's more of just like a vote for how strong these other characters are that we're going to get into. Um, but if you told me that we have her like five spots too low, I'd be like, yeah, I could totally see that. Uh, I really think she's quite good. The thing that she has going against her is outside of Evo Japan and a handful of other tournaments, her results have not been there. People have been going more with like Cami or other characters, um, but we are starting to see her pick up some momentum. And and I do think that she's going to really put her stamp uh, on the game more in season five than she has in any other season before. Yeah, for sure. I mean, she really, honestly, she already has. Even if Sakura did nothing else the rest of this year, season five would still be her more like standout season. 
damn it, Nick, I was hoping to sound smart and you totally like got me in there. That's perfect. That's like, damn it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you, you got me. But yeah, it's a fair point. <laughs> All right, y'all, uh, as Stephen mentioned, uh, we're going to be back next week with the top 20 part of our podcast. And, and uh, this also will be going up on the website. Uh, so yeah, it's going to get really interesting and going to get quite a bit more heated, I think, here as uh, the, the top end of our list has got some let's just say intense characters that we're going to be covering. So yeah, um, we hope you all enjoyed this and we're going to be back with you then. Thanks guys. See you. Thanks for having me and uh, play grounded. <laughs> <laughs>